what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Leadership GPS, insightful conversations about leadership and what it takes to be successful in today's rapidly changing organizations. Hello and welcome to Leadership GPS. This is the show here on TheMesh.tv where we talk about the idea of leadership, concepts of leadership, special leadership traits, ideas, suggestions for those of you either already in leadership positions and looking to strengthen your role, or perhaps you're in a role where you hope and aspire for a leadership role one day. We hope we can give you some guidance and ideas on what to expect in the world of leadership uh, going forward. I'm Alan Jackson with the Jackson Group. We're a surveying consulting firm working with organizations across the nation on things like employee satisfaction and customer satisfaction. And then with me is Tony Jackson, co-founder of the Jackson Group, but also lead consultant on the Drive Leadership Program that we have here at our, at our company. How you doing, Dad? I'm doing fine, son. How are you? Well, good. For anybody first time listening, yes, this is a father-son uh, duo podcast here. So I will slip sometimes between saying Dad and saying Tony, just uh, depending on, on what, what I'm responding to at that right, point right. so uh but uh, the the reason the show i think works for us is that we both have some different perspectives on leadership from time to time based on not only age and generation but there's also finding i know i'm sorry i'm getting on up there too so I, we can't say too much anymore about that but also the idea that we both uh, have some very very similar notions toward leadership the idea of some things in leadership that don't change over the years and uh we can see some definite common ground on some of our topics now, before we get started on today's topic, which uh, I'm, I'm interested in hearing about, it's going to be a lot more of me asking you questions, Dad, because mm-hmm. it's something I'm not as versant in, uh, talking about leadership assessments. We can get to that in just a moment. Uh, but first, before I do, I'm very excited to say you know, this episode of Leadership GPS does have a sponsor that we want to promote a little bit, uh, the Greater Hickory Classic Golf Tournament going on at Rock Barn Golf and Spa on October 8th through the 14th. That's coming up right here in our hometown of Hickory. It's a big golf tournament, Dad, we've been having here for years, bringing in some great classic, uh, uh, well-established golfers that come in for a wonderful tournament. And it's just a big event here in the area, a lot of commotion and activity along with it. Uh, so we're very happy to have them on board as a sponsor for this year's tournament, which again is going to be held October 8th through the 14th at the Rock Barn Golf and Spa right here in Catawba County. That's something that always is a high-profile event in this area and always huge crowds. But, you know, one thing we've heard, too, is it's so well put on that attending is not a hassle. Right. And they're just so well attended to. A lot of people from the community sign on as temporary help for parking aids and things like that and course attendance. And they just do a super, super job. It's well worth the time to attend that that beautiful event. I am not a golfer myself, and I know you're not either, but I've been able to attend as a volunteer and as a, uh, a, a just a viewer in several situations and just had a great time with it when yeah. it was going on. So Well worth the time and effort. Great thing. Thank you, Greater Hickory Classic Golf Tournament, for your uh, support of the MESH and Leadership GPS. All right, so, Dad, we've been talking a lot over, over all these episodes of this show about different leadership traits and skills and some things to really focus on what's important for leadership. What are some things people can work on improving? I want to take a step back though, and talk about something that really encompasses possibly all levels of leadership, but may or may not be something that really has a rightful place in some, some companies. This is the idea of leadership assessments. I know I've heard of a lot of different leadership programs. And of course the ones that you administer and work with organizations on through drive leadership where 
leadership assessments seem to come in as a part of that process very often. What we're talking about is the idea of a survey questionnaire instrument that's administered to someone either already in a leadership role or maybe looking to advance into a leadership role to help give us some information about that person and their fit in a leadership role. Now, surveys are kind of my thing. I do a lot of survey work, just like you have over the years. Employee satisfaction, leadership satisfaction, that's a lot of what I spend day-to-day working on. So I'm intrigued by the idea of leadership assessments. I've taken quite a few myself. I've seen the reports. I've seen the analysis. But I really want to hear from you, just in your experience and, and what you've done with these. You know, should they be used at all? I mean, that's the first question I guess I'm going to throw out there for you. These are these assessments, Are they? do they have a rightful place in the workplace and in organization structures when it comes to leadership? Well, if it's drive leadership, you're employing me to work with. The answer is yes. <laughs> okay, good. All right. So <laughs> go ahead and put that filter on there now. That's right. <laughs> no, I think I can take a healthier and more um, – more neutral view on things as we talk about leadership assessments because honestly alan leadership assessments and the use of them kind of go in peaks and valleys Mm -hmm. and depending on who puts out the latest instrument who's using it who touts it and that type of thing although there are some that have been around for years and years and years since the 40s when those types of assessments really took hold as gis came back from the war and were looking to to um fit jobs and what could they do well and what were they Mm -hmm. trained for those were different types of assessments obviously but they've evolved over the years and um, they have many many different roles that can be played okay but because there are many roles that can be played you also have to ask the question not only should we use assessments if i'm talking for an organization right but also you need the very central question answered what are we going to do with the information right what's it going to help us learn or know and how do we use it? Okay. Well, in that case, it's very similar to what we say about employee surveys. Yeah. Is, you yep. know, it's one thing to go out there and conduct an employee satisfaction <laughs> survey, but mm-hmm. if you don't have any plan or, or a method for feeding back and using that data, then don't do it. Absolutely. So you're yeah. saying the kind of same thing right off the bat is unless there is a process in place for how you're going to use that data you collect yeah. from a leadership assessment – yeah, don't just do it just to check it off a checkbox and say we did it. That's right. Right. That's right. And 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 it has to have some payoff, some usability to it. And it's either for the individual taking the assessment or for the organization that asks the person to take the assessment sure. as a part of a developmental process. Okay. So if I'm if I'm a leader in an organization and let's say uh, it's a it's a good size organization, maybe a couple hundred employees or so. Mm. Should I use a leadership assessment? I mean, and if so, why? What would what would be the key drivers to ask me the question of why I should use one or not? Well, okay. First of all, you already said that you're already in the organization as a leader, yes, right? Right. So this is not like an entry requirement, and it's not like a predictor of success of leadership. Mm-hmm. But suppose that you're a leader already entrenched in a job as a leadership role, mm-hmm. okay? So the main purpose there will be one of two things, typically. One of which is self-growth as a leader. Okay, and the other is contributing as a team member among others who are also using assessments. Okay, all right? seeing how that fits together. All right. So let's talk about the individual first of all, who's already a leader, and who, because of the organization that makes it available, or they choose to do it themselves. Sure. Wants to take an assessment to find out kind of where they are. Okay. Okay. And hopefully, how and where they can improve. So the idea of somebody deciding and volunteering that they want to do this themselves, yeah. or maybe they want to seek out a leadership assessment tool that they can use, 
it can just be that self-improvement idea of I have this something I want to work on, so I'm going to go out and find this assessment and take it. Let me tell you that. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here smiling because a lot of times we misuse these things. Sure. Uh, when I was in graduate school, getting an MBA, there was a weekend program, an executive program at Wake Forest University's Babcock mm-hmm. School of Management. Um, I remember the first assessment that I, rem- I can ever remember taking, except in college classes where you took them as kind of a learning exercise. Yeah. The first one I ever took that I remember very specifically was the Myers-Briggs. Yes. Okay. Sure. You remember this? Yes. Uh, because you were a young tyke at the time. Sure. And uh, with oh, your yeah. brother and also your sister. And I can remember taking that uh, Myers-Briggs and getting so pumped up about it. <laughs> and so like, gee whiz, this, this is me. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't ever stop to think, well, it should be because I'm the one that answered the questions. Right. right? <laughs> That's right. But what, yeah. what I couldn't wait to do was to come home and give that assessment to my wife and to each of you guys. Oh, boy. You know, the kids, your kids. Yes. And it's almost like, well, boy, that was interesting. I'm going to go do it to my wife and my kids. <laughs> just as a side note, just this is what to expect if you're the child of a consultant is you will be subject, subjected to uh, assessments and tools that's at right. a very young age. So, that's exactly right. right. And it continues this day because yeah, right. you just did one for me not I long did. ago. I did. So to Mary Margaret over here recording this. Well, the, the key then is a real central message. If the only reason to do an assessment is because it's interesting, yeah. you know, neat to know, forget it. Sure. Okay. There are several things that ought to use that uh, we ought to use as a definition or requirement, if you would, to determine whether or not we should use assessments in a leadership role in an organization condoned by the organization. One of which is, of course, how we will use the data that comes from that. Mm -hmm. Secondly, does it provide something more than just interesting self-scoring feedback? Right. In other words, does it give you some comparison points? Okay. Does it compare you to the model of leaders that we want to shoot for in our mm-hmm. organization? Mm-hmm. Does it give you comparison to other known leaders across the country as kind of a benchmark about how I am compared to where most leaders come out on a survey instrument? All right, but let, but let me ask a question here. Don't we open a little bit of a, a problem situation sometimes that somebody could be a good leader, take one of these leadership assessments, or maybe they're looking to be a leader in the organization, yep. and their strengths – in this leadership assessment do not map with what the organization had said as a model of what they're looking for in a leader. Yep. So in a way, taking this assessment could be, you know, you're shooting yourself in the foot a little bit. Yep. Okay. Yes. Well, end of that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm going back. You have to have good intent for this. Yeah, sure. And you know what? I mean, taking assessments, if it's somebody else is asking you or encouraging you to take an assessment, there's always key questions in some people's minds before they take it. Mm-hmm. Who's going to see the results? Right. Right. Is it going to be used against me? Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to come out? Those types of things are going to be asked. And for that reason, self-scoring or self, um, kind of the, the, the self-reporting, we call it, instrument, is valid because it's giving you feedback about yourself and how you see yourself. Sure. All right. But in terms of its legitimacy to help say, well, how do I compare to how I'm doing my job? That's right. a totally different realm. Yeah. That is not. That. These assessments should not be used to determine how a person is doing their job. Performance appraisals and coaching counseling yes. do that. Okay. Okay. Got it. So it shouldn't be introducing information like that. But, for example, if you want to help a person understand why they do what they do, mm. right, or why they come across as they do, so they can make adjustments to that to fit better, right. fine. Give you a good example, and this is kind of a, this is kind of a tough one. Um, worked with an organization one time where 
the department I was working with was a pretty tough group. They okay. really were. Sure. And I remember one guy coming in to see me, mm-hmm. and I was asking him to take a little questionnaire, a little assessment. Mm-hmm. And I had done all the right things in a group setting. I told him, here's what we're going to do. You have a right not to take this. If you do, I hope you'll be candid and honest in the instrument and give some good feedback. And mm-hmm. so this is how it would be used. This is who will see it or not. And one of the guys that came in to sit down and take the assessment with me there and then follow up with an interview Start off by saying, am I in the right place to see my psychiatrist? Yuck, 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 yuck. <laughs> right. All right, what am I supposed to put down and answer on this thing so yeah. I won't get in trouble? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. how he approached it. Oh, boy. I mean, that was a, a waste right there. All right. However, other mm-hmm. people, we've been called in to coach and work with individuals as leaders who simply are, have been derailed somehow yeah. in their practice of leadership. Um, high turnover in their department because of the leader. Mm-hmm. And their behaviors, mm-hmm. um, poor communication styles in that department from the leader. Sure, a harsh style of leadership with people and supervision, rather than one that is guiding and directing. Okay, right. right. Sometimes you, helping a person take a look at themselves as as neutrally as possible, mm-hmm. and then simply say, "Okay, this is how I am. This is me." But then they need somebody to interpret it and work with them and say, "Okay." And how you are works for you or doesn't work for you in this particular organization. So if I'm someone who just decides on my own to take a leadership assessment survey because I want to find out where I am, I want to find out, you know, strengths, weaknesses, areas that are better fit. Right. That's an okay process if it's something where you honestly are wanting to use it as a tool to try to find out where you might be a better fit in future leadership roles or where your strong suits lay. But it also could be a tool that if you had somebody to help you interpret it and work with you on it, it's a good it's a good process there. Yes. Yep. But if you're taking it because it's a requirement and you have no intentions of being honest on it, yeah, you have every intention of treating it like a psychology test, and I'm just going to put down what I think they're going to want to hear. I'm going to game the system. Then mm-hmm. it's obviously not going to do anything for anybody exactly at that right. point. So that is a danger. Now, because yep. I wanted to get a little bit to the other side of the, the why question, why or should an organization – require or use leadership assessments as part of a standardized process for people going into leadership roles. All right. This you're talking about going into a leadership role. Yes. So in other words, an organization says, you know what, before we hire a new director or a new VP, we do need to have this assessment done on this person. Some organizations do this. Some don't. What's your take on this? Is that something they should or not? I find less is done in terms of leadership assessments like that, rather than personality testing, which are some strict guidelines about what you can and can't do. Sure. But when a leadership assessment is used, most organizations want to use it as a predictor of success as a leader. And quite honestly, I haven't found too many instruments that are validated and strong in their um, report back mechanisms right. that serve as a good predictor. And for this reason, okay. for this reason, I'm a firm believer, and we talked about it before on our podcast, that an effective leader is really kind of a the perfect storm juncture point of three things, mm-hmm. all independent, but they have to mesh together in order to create effective leadership. Right. One of which is the leader themselves, a the person, what they bring to the table. Okay. You have your own style, Alan, of being a person who you are, mm-hmm. and that drives what you do and how you do it. I have my own style, and that drives what I do and how I do it and what I'm comfortable with. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we bring in something with us to that matrix, if you would. The second thing is, is that you have to look at what – those other people that you're charged with leading. Sure. Okay. Your team, your, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Sometimes, you know, we're asked to lead 
uh, a pack of anything but healthy employees. Yes. Sometimes we're asked to lead people who are lower skilled than what they need to be for their job. Right. And we're supposed to bring them along. Sometimes we're asked to lead a group of superstars mm-hmm. and are others who have high ego needs and all of these types of things. So you have to look at understanding where the organization is putting you to be a leader. Okay. And the third is the organization itself. Are you supported as a leader? Do they allow sure. you to lead successfully? Right. Uh, I've been in situations where we actually have to, had to recommend this person should not be in this leadership role because the organization or the people that they're charged of leading will not allow them to be successful. Hmm. There's no way they can be successful. So in other words, no matter how good they are. The individual, yeah. I was going to say, the individual could be an outstanding leader. Absolutely. But if it's not gelling with where the organization needs to be in, the, in the, right. their team, that they're That's actually right. going to be supervising and managing. Yep. If it's not going to be a fit, yep. it's best to avoid that altogether sure. and not bring them into a dangerous situation sure. where they can't succeed. Yeah, a good, simple, and simplistic example of that. You take a leader or a person who is extraordinarily oriented towards data and numbers, Mm -hmm. black and white, decision-making, concreteness, not abstract ideas, and so on and so forth. Okay? That you can learn about where you are from assessments. Right. But suppose that same person who is oriented towards data and black and white, decision-making, that type of thing, is asked to be a leader for some reason, ends up in a uh, social agency type Mm -hmm. of program. Right. Where everybody is very feelings oriented, mm-hmm. uh, where they serve people's needs, high customer service needs and those sure. types of things. Right. This person isn't going to fit too well. They speak a different language. Yeah. Doesn't they mean they're a, a bad place. Doesn't mean they're a bad leader. No, because you put them just into a, a high tech firm yeah. or you put them in an engineering firm, they will probably excel. So what you're saying is in leadership assessments in those situations can be very valuable because not only have we as an organization not wasted time, money and effort trying to fit somebody into a role that they're not going to be suited for. But we've also helped that individual and in that we've not set them up to be a failure. That's right. That's so, right. right. And, and think about it as today, because there's a lot of people on the marketplace today. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of times in interviews where a person applying for a managerial or responsible position, hence hopefully a leader position, I won't say sells people a bill of goods, but there yeah. could be that temptation. Sure. I need a job. Oh, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can be successful. Here's sure. what I've made. So sometimes it's feedback, not to say, do you pass test to be a leader here or right. how, how successful might you be? But, hey, let's give you some feedback about who you are coming in this organization and whether that's a fit or not. You know, where you're going to be comfortable here or not. Right. I know I've actually seen some situations. Of course, we have a lot of people that apply for jobs with us and send yep. in their resumes. Some of them will attach a leadership assessment that they did yep. on their own. Yep. Now, you take those with a grain of salt. I mean, of course, I'm going to look at something like that that somebody sends me as a resume sure. and realize that, yes, it is completely possible somebody could go into one of these assessments and answer the questions the way they think they need to answer them to get the job. Um, but at the same time, it's also useful information. If I feel like yep. I can trust the data in it, if you can trust uh, the data, yep. then it does go ahead and tell me, okay, this is the kind of skill set this person would bring to the table. Yep. Is that a fit for this role or not? And it yep. helps to do a little bit of pre-screening. Absolutely. Uh, from that angle. If somebody attached results of an assessment that they voluntarily took or sought out to take right. on their own to an application to my company, I would be impressed by that, not from what the assessment tells me, but that they took the initiative to, good to, point. to learn yes. on their own. Yes. Okay? Great. That's if good it's point. because, well, they made me take this somewhere else, and you're mm-hmm. probably like what you see. That type yeah, of, sure. That's not, that's not impressive. Okay. okay. Now, I wanted to ask a little bit about the – the mechanics of this more of the, you know, let's say 
And let's go more from the organization standpoint of deciding they want to start using these assessments for either incoming positions or people looking to move upward in the organization. Because I think there's a little more dynamics there. The idea of somebody going out on their own and doing it voluntarily, there's a lot of options and ways to go about doing that. But let's talk about more of the structured process where if you're in an organization that's going to start using these to not only bring in potential new leaders, but also to evaluate people that may be moving into leadership roles within the organization. Right. How, how do we get started? How do we go about doing this? What's, what's involved? Well, you just don't go out to the local uh, comic book store or the mm-hmm. local newsstand and buy an assessment. You don't do that. You know? Oh, okay. Uh, uh, we cross that off the list. Right. That was, cross that off your list right away. <laughs> I, I thought comic book stores would be the key place for that, and I was totally wrong on that. So. <laughs> now I know some of your biases about assessments. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> the, the thing is you need somebody qualified. It's not so much in giving the assessment. Mm-hmm. but somebody who has been qualified and certified to be able to administer and give feedback to the person okay. about the results. So it's not just a matter of going on a website and downloading an assessment and say, hey, I'm going to send this out to all That's the people right. in our team, That's right. and I'll try to figure out what the reports mean when I get them back. Then you all get together and say, oh, gee, isn't that neat? Yeah. And that, here's a label that this puts you in. That's the label over there. So, well, that was nice to know. Yeah. It leads to nothing, all right? Yep. Um, there are certification programs, most of the more reputable uh, instruments that are highly tested, highly validated, you know, very, very uh, substantial in terms of their documentation, so on, require some type of certification process, either to be able to just buy the assessment and use it, right, or go through training program. Okay. You know, Myers Briggs is a good example. Now, Myers Briggs can be bought uh, by a person who has not gone through a formal very costly training program mm-hmm. for a week, 10 days, whatever it is, like Otto Kruger's group. Um, it's good, but they don't have to do that in order to buy it. What they do have to do is certify that they've had training in tests and measurements, psychological measures, and things like that, and or practical application of using assessments in the past. Okay. And you have to certify that by letter and send it oh, in. I it see. has to be received and approved. Then you can order it, and then there are supplementary books about how to administer and how to interpret, which is most useful there. Okay, so MBTI, which is the Myers Briggs. Myers Briggs type indicator, yes. That you do not have to be certified in MBTI, but you have to show some experience. You level. have to be credentialed in order to be able to purchase okay, it. Okay, credentialed is yeah. the key there. And right. certification is a process you can go through, mm-hmm. and it's really good to go through that uh, because it gives you a lot more depth of information uh, about how to use and interpret it to people. I find a lot of people don't go through that if they got other means, uh, simply because it is very time-consuming, very costly. And this is the person who might be given 10 assessments per year. So it's right. a cost-benefit analysis. Sure. However, let's, let's talk about the Myers-Briggs for just a moment. It's okay, a sure. Model. And that's probably the one most people, I think, listening to this, hear, they hear leadership assessments. Well, it's probably they, the one that goes off in their head first. Yeah, but you know what? That's not really a leadership assessment. I know. It's more it, personality. It is a type indicator. It, it tells you what your natural preferences are in certain dimensions of activities, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what type of environments are you most comfortable in and how you go about making decisions and how you go about learning and those types of things, which can be then construed to apply to the work demands and expectations placed on you, whether it's a leadership job or not. So now, it has some leaders, some leadership indicators. Oh, absolutely. But yet it's not a strictly meant for leadership That's assessment. That's exactly right. Okay. For example, it gives you some great feel about your tendencies and your preferences about making decisions and your communication styles, both mm-hmm. very substantial leadership traits that you want people. Right. But there's no model that says, oh, but you need to be over here rather than here and you're scoring to be a good leader. Okay. There's none of that. 
and that's good. It's sent simply as personal feedback about what you bring to the table, what's naturally you, where your comfort zones are, and what your natural preferences are. Okay. So there's no judgment involved in this on any kind of fit or role. It's more of a shouldn't be. This is where you are. Shouldn't be. Because right. I mean, I've seen obviously the report breakouts and the matrix of different combinations 16, of yeah. the 16 different, mm-hmm. all 16 have valuable strengths. There's to not them. a bad one in there. Exactly. That's right. Right. That's so right. no matter where you fall, there's leadership potential, but it is helping you understand yeah. where you might be a better fit than others. Now what helping you understand a better fit, understanding why you have a tendency to do certain things and you can change those preferences. I mean, mm-hmm. they're kind of ingrained like values. You don't really change values. You don't really change preferences, but you can modify those. So you learn to do other skill things, other behaviors that compensate for it. For example, an extroverted mm-hmm. person has a natural tendency to communicate a lot. Yes. Doesn't say they communicate well, Right. Since they talk and verbalize more, mm-hmm. express themselves more openly than does an introvert. But that doesn't say that an extrovert, you have to be an extrovert to be a good leader. Right. And sure. So it can be just the opposite, in fact. Well, I think especially you and I, I think we've both seen this happen on our own assessments we've taken where I think you and I have both shifted a little more from the extreme extrovert than mm-hmm. we both used to be. Yep. Uh, to where mine is almost borderline extrovert introvert right now, yep. where it's yep. it balances that line. I don't know how close you are on that it's now. Kind of but an ambivert. Ambivert. <laughs> That's what it is. It's kind of a, yeah. You know, a little little there, both here. There really is a word. Well, Am- it is ambivert? another instrument I'm using right now. I'm testing ambivert. out another instrument. Ambivert. Yeah, it doesn't wow. mean you go both ways. I don't want to interpret that way. And it's not amphibian. <laughs> Some people right. call it. I was going to say yeah. Is that, okay. <laughs> So it doesn't mean you can breathe on the water or anything. No, no, so now, nothing right. like that. It's the idea that you're kind of straddling that line between extrovert and introvert. That's right. Okay. Well, but the whole thing about the Myers-Briggs, and I, I happen to love using the Myers-Briggs because it's a very popularized mm-hmm. instrument. It's been around since the 40s. It came about really when people, GRs, were coming back into the field to work for place uh, in the 40s. And it has been used and documented and a lot of research done it. So it's a very, very strong and good use of instrument. But it's best used when it's, again, helping the person say, well, this is me. This is what I bring to the job. This helps understand why I do normally and naturally what I do. Right. Now, what, what I do normally and naturally, is that fitting this job, expectations sure. or not? Right. Introvert in a job, um, for example, if they're applying for a job or being a leader in a job of uh, public relations or a uh, public spokesperson, sure, that's not their forte. Little, and they're going to have to work harder tough. to get comfortable at that. Yeah. And that's what you can learn from that. But that's that's kind of obvious information. Sure. The other thing sometimes we use it for in drive leadership is plotting a team, hmm. a team that's charged with working together and collaborating together, but they're coming from different perspectives about how they view data and look at information mm-hmm. and process information. That's helpful because sometimes it can help blend together opposing or differing styles. I shouldn't say opposing, but differing styles so that they can work together by respecting the difference. And that's what the Myers work is about, okay. respecting differences between people. Well, it's like I know we've even done this with our own office staff is have the assessment given, and then we plot those 16 categories on a chart. Yep. And you yep. can start to see that, okay, yep. these people are very similar up in this region. Sure. These people are over here. But that's okay. They can still work together. We just need to understand those differences and understand those work habits a little better. Absolutely. By understanding, it always leads to better work dynamics if you can at least understand each other's. Well, and and it also helps you understand how you're shaping your company. Right. For example, if you've got 20 people taking the Myers-Briggs and they all come out in the column of out of the 16 that's classified, subclassified as visionaries. Right. 
That's a great, fun environment to be in. Tons of ideas. But you know what? Nobody is comfortable getting things done. Yeah, right. It's going to be a lot of ideas with no action. <laughs> right. Right. So you need some catalysts. You need traditionalists. And you need troubleshooters to pick those ideas apart. Okay. But you know what? There, there's Again, I don't want to get stuck on the Myers-Briggs, even though I do advocate that. Uh, we've just completed a study in our company here at the Jackson Group through Driver Leadership of assessing what other types of assessments we can bring to the table as a service provider with the clients we work with, mm-hmm. individually or as teams or as organizations. And we've been using the Myers-Briggs in something called the CPI 260, California Personality Inventory 260. Okay. That's a longer instrument. It has good validation, but it also compares the person taking the assessment to leadership traits as exhibited by a known group of managerial people, not necessarily leaders, 6,000 of them, 3,000 men, 3,000 women across the country, not just in healthcare or manufacturing, but it's a blend of organizations. So the point I'm making here is that when we give assessments to people, Alan, or take them, there's one overriding need to know that everybody has, and that is how do I compare? Yeah. How do I stack up? Is this where I'm supposed to be? Or where should I be? Hmm. What's the best way to be? So it's almost like it's almost comparing yourself to the Joneses next door. You know, better sure. or worse, you know, about the same. People want to know, so what does this tell me? So what, is that good or bad? Right. And if the organization can't answer that, and I'm not sure it should, uh, but if they're looking at it and saying, our model is what we're after are idea people in your mm-hmm. role. Mm-hmm. This doesn't indicate that you are there, but you have the potential to do that, and we can help coach and develop that in you. Okay, good. That type of thing. Yeah, sure. So it's not a measuring stick against, oh, my God, I'm not like everybody else. It's always put in context of those three factors, the person themselves, the organization, and the other people that they lead. Great. We've assessed 14 instruments. And out of those 14, we're really looking in depth at two, more, two others right now. Well, let me, let me, that's a great teaser for when we come back from a break. I'd love to hear what those other ones are that we've been evaluating. Okay. we got to take a quick little break. we gotta, we got to pay our podcast bills here with yes, our sponsor. Yep. So uh, let's break for that. And when we come back, we will talk a little bit more about some other specific instruments and then get into more of the how should these be used Good. once they've been administered. Great. All right. You're listening to Leadership GPS on The Mesh. We'll be back in just a moment. The Greater Hickory Classic at Rock Barn is already building an exciting field for its 10th anniversary. Great names in golf such as Nick Price, Bernhard Longer, Fred Funk, Mark Kalkovecchia, Kenny Perry, and Jay Haas have already committed for the 2012 tournament. Also among the early commitments are past champions Craig Stadler, Gary Hallberg, and 2011 champion Mark Wiebe. Find out how you can join us October 8th through the 14th for the 2012 Greater Hickory Classic by visiting our website at www.greaterhickoryclassic.com. Welcome back to Leadership GPS here on TheMesh.tv. We are right in the middle of a discussion about leadership assessments. We've just talked a little bit about the Myers-Briggs, which is a very commonly known one about personality indicators. Uh, Tony was getting ready to tell us a little bit more about a couple of other indicator or assessments that we've been exploring and using. Uh, and just there again, the mechanics of how these things are, what their purpose is, how they're to be used, and what we've learned about them so far. So, Dad, what, what are some of the other ones we've been checking out so far? Well, I'm going to I'm just read the list of the names of those we checked out and done some little bit of research on, but mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about one that I'm really into right now and just to talk about it, not in terms of supporting it or not, because we haven't made the decision to sure. start using it. Right. But we're testing it out. We've tested it out with about 12 of our own employees here. 
I'm asking a group of leaders in one of the client hospitals I'm working with to, to take it online uh, this coming week and give us some feedback from a leader's perspective about if it's useful, is it presented that way or not. But we, we've had uh, some research done into something called the Leadership Circle Profile, the Leadership Culture Survey, the Workplace Big Five Profile, which is what I'll talk about in a moment, Workplace Big Five Profile, the OPQ32 mm. Which CPI. is a real catchy name, by the way. Yeah, that's right. The CPI 260, which we've already yeah, sure. been using. The Center for Creative Leadership Benchmarks, which is a 360 process. Okay. Campbell Leadership and Descriptor. All right, very simple one offered through uh, some of the same sources of these others. Skillscope, which is a modified 360. It's kind of a simpler 360. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everything DISC, uh, D-I-S-C. A lot of people use the DISC model. Mm-hmm. 363 for leaders. Everything disk management style. There's two different instruments. Uh, related best self-exercise. That's a real strange one. I'm yeah. kind of tough to even say that. Health Healthcare source leadership assessment, which has to be done by that company. Sure. And then there's something called 12 key competencies of successful healthcare leaders, wow. which is an, an endorsed program by the AHA and Hospital Association, that type of thing. Okay. And then the Myers-Briggs. Wow. We, we've decided to look at a couple of them, the OPQ32, which we've pretty much discounted at this point, and we're focusing on the workplace Big Five profile. Okay. Again, requires some certification in order mm-hmm. to order it, right. but not necessarily on-site training, although that can be done, you okay. know, going to classes as, as well. Um, I'm kind of liking it that, that uh, what I'm finding so far is that it spins off a little bit of the Myers-Briggs. Mm-hmm. It assesses a lot of personality traits. Uh, classifies them in the five areas, the N-E-O-A-C, which stands for needs for stability, needs for extroversion, originality, accommodation, and consolidation. Hmm. Uh, while I don't like those names, when you look at the subsets under those, so you have to each have six, eight, ten subsets of data. You can really get some good, useful, valuable information. So does this particular instrument have a little more of a focus on leadership? Is that, that more of the it, idea, or is it still more of a personality indicator? It's mostly personality. It does have a section where you can make inferences about leadership. Okay. And it actually plots out a number of um, outcomes on those five traits mm-hmm. in terms of a matrix that says, well, if you have a profile that looks like this, that's more of the laser fair leader type of style. Here's one more of aggressive leader. They call it Attila the Hun. Mm. You know, mine didn't happen to fit any of those, <laughs> but it came closest to Attila the Hun. So wow. it says if it, if it doesn't match up any of these plotted types of styles up here, leaders, uh, give it your own name. So I so, call mine son of Attila. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, could you actually have the Tony Jackson leadership style now branded out there through this uh, instrument? Yes, Very I Very nice. But I don't think I can sell that and make any money off of it, so we probably won't do it. <laughs> now, Dad, you mentioned the word 360 when you were listing yeah. out some of these in assessments. So just so people are aware, in case yeah. they're not familiar with the term 360, yeah. the 360, when you hear that with a process, that's where you're getting feedback from all the people around, around you, you about that's you. Right. That's exactly right. And it's compiling that into a profile for you. So that's in other right. words, your coworkers – the person you report to, mm. the people who report to you, that's right, and even yourself. That's correct. Uh, yeah. Those assessments are all taken, and the system will compile all that data together and give you a profile based on all of those views of your work. That's right. That's different than what we're talking about here, the example you just gave, the Big Five, where that's just you administer it yourself. You that's ask correct. about yourself. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. And I have some biases about the 360, Alan, yeah. and it's not because of a lack of understanding or appreciation of the concept. I think the 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 
what it does, the 360 gets you away from that self-scoring reliance. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you ask me to take an assessment about myself, I'm probably going to score it with some personal bias. Sure. Okay. You think you're a little better at something than you really are and all. Right. Yeah. Um, If you cushion that by having feedback by other sources, that helps round out that picture. Yeah. And it also says, how do I see myself and how do others see me and how they differ? Sure. Okay. Or how they consolidate. The, the hazard of 360 sometimes, and it's, it's tended to by some of the assessments, and it can be accommodated uh, structurally in the organization, is that sometimes it asks the person being assessed through the 360 to pick out their coworkers and colleagues and employees and ask them to take it about them. Hmm. Now, if I'm a manager in an organization sure. and I come to you as my employee saying, Alan, I want you to take this assessment about me and tell me through your eyes how I'm doing. What's going to pop in your mind right away? Yeah. Okay. It's, are other people thinking this? Yeah. Can you tell who what I said? Sure. How honest can I be? It's a very. It, yeah. it, I actually have a family member recently that had to administer was asked to take part in one of these processes, really? yeah. and it's it's tough. It's it, a it's a little tricky. It's a little. Uh, there's a lot of confidentiality concerns. There's a lot of concerns about well, what yep. this is going to mean for the relationship with that person in the future. Yep. 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 A better and healthier way is we use an outside resource or sure. HR resource from the company or whatever resource you might have. Organizational development consultant. Uh, I, I like, obviously, I don't like to tout using psychologists because that communicates something totally different right. to people. Sure. Like, oh, you're going to fix me, you know. Right. But if you use an organizational development specialist hired within the hospital, a good professional HR person um, who has had training and testing measurements and that type of thing, fine. Or you can use an organizational behavioralist like I am, a yeah. consultant from the outside. Well, what's the best scenario on the 360 is where that person identifies the colleagues and mm. the, the, you know, the uh, employees and anonymously you know, ask them sure. to participate in that. So there's no. Oh, so the person being evaluated you. doesn't know who sure. the individuals are that are being that's invited to evaluate them. That's right. And the person that's being asked to evaluate someone can be told with high level of confidence. Yep. They don't know who's that's taking right. this. That's exactly okay. right. All right. right. So it's all in the, me- in, in the, in the use of and yeah. the methodology rather than is the 360 a good thing or not. I think 360s are great. Yeah. I, I was going to say that the 360 processes I've been a part of, and actually our firm years over the years has actually helped some organizations right. create a 360 process yeah. and run all the data. To me, the greatest value there is it does combat a little bit of that self-serving self-assessment. Yep. Where yep. I, as an individual, may say, well, I think I'm a great communicator. I think everything I say is clear and concise yep. and makes great sense. Yep. And then the people around me say, mm, not so much. Yep. To me, that's a huge eye-opener for the individual. As long as they can take it as a constructive tool yep. and see it as this is not somebody's trying to uh, complain about them or argue with them. It's really just I'm giving you some feedback sure. on your style. That's right. Um, it's a great tool for if you're willing to accept that kind of criticism or feedback. Well, the 360s, by using it that way, giving you feedback about your style or about your behaviors mm-hmm. in your leadership role, is much more akin to performance assessments. Right. Yeah, rather, you're right. It rather is. than just self-assessing about what I bring to the table. Sure. Because okay. they don't know. They don't yeah. know. All they say are my behaviors as a leader, yeah. which is good. And if you're looking to say, well, you know, how are your leadership behaviors coming across to others? And then, then they fit. And are they compatible with where we're trying to go? Um, great well, and you, you hit on an important point there. So the 360 really is more of a tool for someone who's been in a position for a period of time, obviously enough time where people around them can give some good, honest feedback on their, on their role and performance. Yeah. So it's not as much of a 
somebody new is coming in the organization and let's get some assessment on them. That's really a different type of assessment altogether. 360 is more you're using uh, you're using some experience and history that that person's had in the organization yep. to help build they a good see and picture. Know. That's exactly yeah. right. Okay. They have to have that experience base. So let me ask you, and I, I don't want to get you off, off subject. I know you, oh, you, you don't? Do it, no. okay. <laughs> I know you listed a lot of the different instruments and assessment tools out there, but let's say an organization has decided that yes, we are going to start using one of these leadership assessment tools of some sort to, uh, use for people either coming into the organization or for some of our maybe you know, mid-level managers or directors that are looking to yep. excel with the organization. Right. Let's say we've picked out an instrument. The organization says, you know what? I think this is the one we want to use. Mm-hmm. You've done the assessments. You've performed them. You've got some data. What do you do with it? Okay. I mean, at that point, what you've got some a report sitting on your desk, whether a consultant has helped you create that report right. or something uh, you have been uh, trained on your own to, to learn how to interpret. What do you, what do you do with them at that point? Well, the first thing is you feed it back the information back to the person who took the assessment. Okay. Obviously. That, right. you, that's a, that's a no brainer. That's a gimme. You have to do that. You don't want to have them have to take an assessment on themselves and not see the results. Well, that's it. the worst thing you can do because yeah. then it's almost like, Oh, when that cloud of information, it's going to be used against me, you know? Anytime you create a black hole of information for people, yeah. they fill it up with their own information. Okay. Like, gee, I don't know. Whatever happened to that, I guess they're, <laughs> I guess they're somewhere in a locked yes, vault and they'll, uh, they'll pull it up when right. they need it. So, That's right. right. Um, so the first thing is loop the information back. And again, okay. you need somebody who can do that skillfully. Because if you just sit out there and read, it, read out a set of scores or profile or color charts to people, and it, puts, it doesn't put it in context. Yeah. And how, how do I, am I supposed to be looking at this? Then you've lost the whole value of it. Second thing is, if, if you're using the assessments, if your organization's decided to use assessments simply for personal growth and development as a, as a leader, mm-hmm. fine. Then let that assessment be part of, or at least contribute to, a growth plan or a follow-through plan of um, education, self-education, okay. growth. Sure. Right? right. And it should be used that way. Well, you know, y- you need to brush up on your communication skills. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, because the 360, for example, tells us that you're not a good communicator with the people mm-hmm. around you. Sure. Secondly, the Myers-Briggs might have told us that communication with people one-to-one, particularly about difficult issues, about performance, is a tough thing for you to do. So you probably mm-hmm. shy away from it. Right. This organization expects you, though, to communicate with people, give honest, direct, candid feedback to people about the performance, mm-hmm. do it skillfully, and do it often. Okay. That's the organizational expectation. Here's what's happening and how, how you're performing now. And here's why you're performing that way, and it's not up to snuff. Sure. Okay. Then find that that useful feedback should lead to an action plan that says, how am I going to gain some comfort and confidence in giving critical feedback to people? Okay. All right. Good enough. Now, what are – you hit on something a little bit earlier I want to kind of circle back to. This idea of not having somebody – or if you don't have somebody that's skilled in interpreting these reports yeah. and this assessment and giving it back. I mean, what – I mean, in worst case scenario, what's what's the harm or danger that could come out of just somebody getting their own report or a supervisor manager tries to read it out and give it to the person? I mean, what what could happen from that? I mean, what, there's some dangers there, I'm sure. There are some dangers. Uh, most assessments that are worth their salt take some precautions about that, that by having some manuals or work through books and that type right. of thing for the actual person that takes a survey so they can learn from their own neural that there's mm-hmm. some safeguards about that but otherwise if that's not present and a person just happens to take it and 
and you give a set of scores, first of all, it could be injurious to their emotional health about Mm -hmm. how they're seen by others or how, gee whiz, I didn't know I was that way. Mm -hmm. You know, is that going to affect my performance here or my raise here or my whatever it might be? Uh, So it can be seen that way. Otherwise, on the other side, it can be giving people looking at it and saying, Okay, looks like I'm pretty good. No yeah. problem. Everything's you know? in the everything's on the good side of the chart, That's so right. I'm okay. I'm going to be yeah. far in right. the green zone, but I'm in the green zone. You know, yeah, right. That type of thing. And so there could be some just we see what we want to see, right. basically. Sure. Or we see what we've dread seeing. So the idea here, and I can even give a personal example on this. One of the assessments you had me take a few months ago. Had you take you know, the opportunity? To I had the opportunity to complete, and I did. <laughs> um, I know I got the report back. It was one of them. Uh, it's not the one you were just mentioning a little bit ago, but a different one. And it was just a lot of information that, okay, that's nice to know. Yep, that's nice to know. But it didn't tell me anything as what I should take away from it. It's disassociated with any kind of right. usefulness. Yeah, Where right. I could see in a situation like that, if somebody could at least help me understand, okay, this is your whole profile. Now, this is what it means yep. for your growth pattern, your, gro- yep. your plan yep. for yep. the future. That would have been helpful. But by itself, it was just a bunch of... Yeah, you're good in this. You're not so good in this. You're yep. good in this. You're yep. not so good in this. That's right. And I kind of took it and said, okay, that's interesting, yeah. but it's nothing I can really do anything tangible with. So that's really where having somebody trained yeah. and ready to understand this. Yep. Um, I know some of these assessments try to throw in some boilerplate. This is what this means about you, but it's mm-hmm. so boilerplate. It yeah. really is not going to be very specific to the organization. That's right. It's not going to be specific to your role. That's where I think the need is for somebody to help you walk through it. Well, let me, let me tell you how I feel strongly about that. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm trying not to be self-serving with this because sure. this is what we do for a living, as you I understand. Know. But, you know, there is a lot of value to be gained if you're going to choose to use assessments and um, make good, positive use of those assessment outcomes with mm-hmm. the people that you have as leaders. You have to have it put in context for the person. Yes. Their context and the world they work in right now with the expectations that are made of them. Yes. And if that's not done by some overriding power in the organization, like an HR person skilled in OD uh, feedback and that type of thing, uh, or uh, the, the VP that I might report to, mm-hmm. okay? Right. They're not skilled in that, and they just look at it and say, yeah, it looks good to me too, you know? Right. Or this is like most other people here. That doesn't tell you anything. It's usable. So you need to have somebody who's trained, versed, and skillful at giving that type of feedback. And that's why we advocate the fact that, you know, leadership is always situational, yeah. It is always situational, and what's good in one role in one place may not work in another, as we've talked about that before. Sure. So you need somebody that understands, from a neutral standpoint, the organization's expectations, what they're championing and supporting in the organization, what this person brings to the table through their assessment, and the world they're thrust into to be a leader in. Okay. Uh, we do a lot of individual coaching and feedback. It's a part when we give feedback uh, on assessments. It's a three-hour process with each person to go through those wow. two assessments. Okay. And then out of that, we've already prepared an action plan that says, given your questionnaire, these two assessments, and the interview outcomes that we had, and my interview with your boss above you, here are the things you need to work on sure. to fit better and to excel as a leader in this organization. Okay. That's valuable. Is yeah. it costly? Yeah, it's more costly to do because it's time-intensive and all that. But again, if you're not going to go to the extent of making – the outcomes of assessments useful in that organization to that person and to their organization for positive means, then don't do them. Yeah. Don't sure. do them. Okay. All right. So, all right, let me just throw out a scenario as we kind of start to wrap this up a little bit here. 
tell me an orga- tell me a situation whether it's an organization or an individual where you would be immediately recommending to them at a leadership assessment process. Talk me through some of those really like key scenarios where it just makes absolute perfect sense to either adopt some sort of assessment or have that be part of your plan. What type of organization or individual is this really the best fit for? Well, the most obvious, and it's, and it's not particularly positive, but when there are problems in a leadership individual. Okay. They're in a position, and they're all invested in that position. Uh, they've been in it for a while, and things aren't going well. Okay. Okay. And they can't figure it out. I, you know, people are leaving here and they're putting down their exit surveys because of the department director or which I am or whatever. I, I don't understand that. Yeah. Well, okay, let's take a look at you then. Sure. All right. And that's a, almost a diagnostic tool at that point. Second thing is if you got a person who is on a career path mm-hmm. and says, I, I want to know how to move forward. Sure. What do I need to get better at no matter right. how good I am in it? And if an organization is condoning saying, we want to help you be the best you can be in this organization, even at the risk of getting so good that you leave us. Sure. That's a pretty mature approach for leadership development in an organization, mm-hmm. and I think that's great. The other's on the front side of being named to a leader position. Okay. Uh, we're working with a number of people right now who their organization has simply said, we want to reach into our organization and find potential leaders or even people who have never been a managerial role, designated mm-hmm. managerial role, but they are leaders in their work groups. Mm-hmm. We want them to grow in that role. Yeah. Now, I would use assessment there. To, why? Because it helps put them in a, uh, in a plane of looking at themselves in a critical way. All right? Okay, right. One of the things, that, Alan, that I uh, have always valued over the years, I can't remember the year nor the exact source. In California, back in the 80s or maybe in the early 90s, I remember reading a study done by a psychologist who used to be a bodybuilder. It was kind mm. of odd mix there. Okay, you yes. Know, strong on brain power. Well, I mean, that's, strong on fit that's pretty close to you. You're a yeah, bodybuilder yeah, and I mean, a consultant. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So. That's, that's why I wear sweaters because, <laughs> you know, it covers up my muscular body. Yes, so. that's why you wear sweaters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. The uh, pectoral muscles just stand out <laughs> yes, so much. Yes, that's what it is. I was noticing those, yeah. Um, this guy did a study of individuals who reported to somebody they classified as a good leader. Okay. So that was criteria. Do you report to somebody that you would absolutely call a good or great leader? Okay. All right. And it kind of goes back to our whole scenario about leaders aren't just generals and wars and presidents of countries and all that. Leaders are either in those positions of leadership and they act like a good leader, or they're people not in those positions who simply personally lead and influence others. Sure. Okay. Okay. So – they they did this massive study, and they asked him to identify traits mm-hmm. that made them think of that person as a strong leader. And then he had dropped those down to five, six, seven. You know, everybody does anything in five most uh, obvious traits of a leader in ten, that type of thing. I can't remember how he, he had, but I do remember the third one on the list. Mm-hmm. And that was that the leader, the, the effective leader always self-assesses. Hmm. They always put themselves back in the equation. Did I do my best in that? Am I fit for this role? Did I do? Did I handle that well? They always see themselves as a part of the equation, leading to outcomes, positive or negative. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, I think when people choose to do assessments themselves or the organization endorsement, that right. it's really simply saying, don't forget you're part of the process. Sure. Absolutely. What you bring to the table is very much a part of the process. 
So that's where getting a little bit of assessment of your own skill sets and fits is always a valuable process if you're willing to use it and accept the information and use it for some sort of development and growth plan going forward. Absolutely. Just to close out, I'm going to ask you for one item, but I got a feeling you'll probably give me two or three. You know, we've closed this thing three times. I know. Yeah. I just, I keep thinking of other things to close it with. Uh, The one word of warning you would give to anybody regarding these assessments the biggest thing you would just either caution or just make sure people keep in mind when they're doing these things. You said one word, right? Yeah, I, no, not one word, one answer. One answer. Yeah. What, what was the, what would be the one key message you would want to say, you know what, just remember or keep this in mind or be aware of this. What would it be? Have the end in mind before you decide to do assessments. Okay. In other words, know why you're giving it mm-hmm. and how you're going to use the results. Don't just do it for kicks. Nope. Don't just do it because you're it's curious. A, and it's the latest thing that somebody sold you. Right. You ought to be doing that. Oh, yeah, that sounds like fun. Isn't that nice? You know, look at how we chart out there. Okay, fine. Now we're yeah. going our merry way. All right. Have an end in mind, you know, use for the, for the outcomes. Good. That okay. works. Yeah, good. Okay. I think nice conversation. This is good information. I know it's a little different than what we normally talk about because this is not really – well, I, you know what? Actually, it's not that different. We are talking this whole series about things that leaders need to be working on, thinking about, yep. keeping as a high priority. And the idea of self-assessment is right up there. It sounds like it's yep. something that a good leader needs to be doing more of. Absolutely. So what we're saying is there are tools out there. You do need to be mindful and careful about the way they're being used and the purpose they're being used for. We do strongly encourage having someone trained in the interpretation and delivery of these results. Otherwise, you're just looking at a lot of numbers and figures that may be interpreted very yep. poorly yep. and could have uh, poor effects on you going forward with that. It's a great mechanical way to get feedback about where I am, where I might can be, mm-hmm. and then hopefully in some cases how to get there Great, as a leader. Great conversation. Thank you, Dad. Appreciate that oh, information and all the research you guys have been doing with Drive Leadership and here at the Jackson Group for years on things like leadership assessments. Yep. You have been listening to Leadership GPS on The Mesh. Uh, for more information about our show, you can visit the website of The Mesh at www.themesh.tv. That is themesh, T-H-E-M-E-S-H dot TV. Uh, feel free to call and leave us a voice message if you're one of those people that would rather talk than type. We encourage you to call our voicemail line. That number is 828-619-0048. You can call and basically uh, leave a message for us, and that's something we can listen to. It may be something where uh, you know, you, uh, you'd rather talk and have a question, and you'd just rather do that than sending us an email. Now, emails, we do have that available as well. Info at themesh.tv. Again, just like the website, info at themesh.tv. And, of course, uh, The Mesh is on Facebook, Twitter, all those social media channels as well, where you can always get hooked up with us and go from there. Again, remember, uh, thanks to our sponsor, the Greater Hickory Classic Golf Tournament, coming up at Rock Barn Golf and Spa in Hickory in Catawba County, North Carolina. That's coming up on October 8th through the 14th. Thanks so much for your support of Leadership GPS, and uh, we're looking forward to a great tournament this year as well. So. And I'll, I'll echo that. I mean, for all you listeners out there, and by the way, the Mesh has listeners in 50 states now. Is that That's correct? right. We did find out that all 50 states now have uh, listeners of the Mesh yeah, of our show. So we're very excited to have hit that milestone and to know that we've got some listeners all around these great United States of ours. Every single state, I think Rhode Island was the last, the last one to one. come on board. Yeah. So welcome, yeah. Rhode Island. Glad to have you here. And, <laughs> so. you know, I, I think while well, GP, leadership GPS is one program it's one of 15 i think it is now is that That's right correct. 15 with a couple more coming on board in the next few weeks so yeah. stay tuned for that we're, we're having a lot of fun putting these shows out 
good information. And hopefully we're getting some uh, good feedback from listeners as well. And just to echo again about the uh, golf classic, this is done every year. I don't know how many years it's been running now. It's always a huge success for all you listeners outside the Catawba County and even North Carolina area. We'd love to have you visit, come here and stay. You'll find us to be very accommodating and very friendly and very receptive to visitors in this area. If if the reason for coming here is the, uh, uh, golf classic great would love to have you well I'll even i'll even put it a step further this is the 10th year i was just told 10th. by our engineer recording over there gave me the sign that it's the 10th year for the tournament uh i tell you what if you come to catawba county or north carolina specifically for the golf tournament you've got to give us a call let us know you're coming we'll welcome you in you come by and uh, pay us a visit we'd love to meet you so if you come into town just for the tournament uh from reading this give us a call let us know we'd love yeah. to hear about that and uh we'll be happy to host you uh, over here at our building for a uh, get to know you session so right. that'd be right. great good well for leadership gps i'm alan jackson uh with me is tony jackson my father uh tony driveleadership.com and also the jacksongroup.com kind of the sources where people can yeah. learn a little bit more about what we do a little bit more about the drive leadership program as well as uh the whole company of the jackson group and everything we're doing with survey and consulting work so for leadership gps we'll look forward to talking to you next time and I'm going to sign off. I've, I've got to sign off now. Oh, you do? You know that? I've just no, I didn't know that. It. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's really what I put at the bottom of emails and other okay. letters that I send out to my All clients right. that I'm working with coaching-wise or right. clients. I'm ready. And it simply says, lead well today. Perfect. Yeah, you Lead like well today. I do yeah. like that. Okay. With that, let's wrap it up. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to The Mesh an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.